When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Jujutsu Kaisen. So this is episode two of season two. I believe it's what, Hidden Inventory Part 2? I think the first episode was named Hidden Inventory. Uh, just a little bit of Bingetown housekeeping. We will keep this intro much shorter than it was for the premiere episode. If you are still following along, thank you. Just Bingetown TV is a podcast that does a lot more than just Jujutsu Kaisen. You may have found this episode through our Jujutsu Kaisen specific feed. So I would just recommend routing yourself to the Bingetown TV main feed. You'll just find a bunch more episodes. I mean, we almost, this is shit. This is probably gonna be episode maybe 397 on that main feed. So we've been at this for three years. We've covered a ton of shows. We're covering Secret Evasion right now, Cruel Summer, Silo just ended, you know, Wheel of Time's coming down the pipe. One Piece is coming down the pipe at the end of uh, August. So. We've been doing this for a while. We'll keep doing it. If you like what you hear, check out our other stuff. But okay, moving into Jujutsu Kaisen episode two, just a pretty much flat continuation off of what happened last time. The way we're going to break this episode down is we'll talk about our introduction to, to Rico as a character, uh, kind of this post, if you want to say, fights against the Q combatants. Um, we'll then talk about the bounty and Fushigoro himself. And then we'll get into talking into the individual battles that happened in the later half of the episode. So I'm just going to open the floor completely to anything we want to discuss about this these opening scenes, Rico herself. As always, Aki, I'm going to go first. <laughs> but the only comment I have just for in, in regards to the intros, I actually got to watch the intro okay. this time just based off what you guys were talking about. I didn't like fully pay attention, but... Um, kind of with you, Kyle. I wasn't crazy about the song itself. I feel like the actual visuals of the opening are like way better than the, the song itself. But um, overall, solid intro. Um, another solid episode. Just diving a little bit more into Fushigoro and just a little bit more of the um, Rico and what's the older guy's name that the Eng Engin the guy who's absorbing Tangan. her Tangan. Tangan. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, solid episode. Can't wait to get into more of Fushigoro, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, I thought it was a good, solid episode. Just to put it out there um, and get it out of the way. Uh, last episode, I spoke a lot about the discrepancies between the manga and the anime episode. And honestly, there were no discrepancies this time around. Um, maybe some minor little like dialogue 
additions, but overall it was pretty much cookie cutter. 67, 68, and 69 were the chapters that nice. encompassed this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, Very nice. nice. Um, yeah, I was actually I had to reread to refresh my memory a little bit about how Rico. Uh, I didn't realize she even freaking knew. I forgot that she knew that she was a star plasma vessel. It was interesting. A little curveball that, you know, it's nice. You watch an anime, even though if you read the manga, like it still has that flair to it, like that, that surprise. And you still want to know what's going on when you read. And especially the way I read, I binged it like for the first 150 chapters or so. Um, I get the plot but you miss some of the fine points. It's nice being able to go back and watch an anime and um, dive back into that. So overall, the episode was good. The fights were great. Gojo and Ghetto are bosses. And uh, some of the curse users were cool as well. Yeah, Dave, were you shocked as well that Enrico wasn't like completely in the dark about what was going on in kind of the jujitsu world? Yeah, I guess when you bring it up, I, I kind of was surprised that she knew that she was going to be the star vessel and was... And I actually found that conversation very interesting about how she was more than willing to be the star plasma vessel for Tangan. Um, because in my mind, I think maybe, you know, maybe she was brainwashed to think that way because, you know, obviously you're sacrificing your whole entire life for another person who is viewed as a god. And, you know, if that was me, I personally would be totally like, I don't want to do this at all. And she seemed to be more than fine with just being absorbed by Tangan because she views it as yes, he's absorbing me, but I also technically will be like absorbing him in a sense. So like we're gonna be one being. So it's like the most positive outlook you could possibly have. Yeah, for situation. sure. For, for sure. sure. But unfortunately I think she's in for a rude awakening because even Ghetto and Gojo said like uh that she doesn't realize that she's gonna be like locked in the depths of the basement of Jujutsu High like I don't really remember, honestly, so I don't think what I'm saying is spoiler. Like The way I understood it, the way the principal explained it last episode is that he's absorbing her and her being is going to dissolve. Like He's going to encompass her. Like I don't think her brain, I speculate that her brain will not have any functionality. It will just become Tengen, so Tengen. That's why I kind of brought up the word brainwashing. I don't know if that's maybe the right word, but like I feel like someone must have been feeding her this information that oh, it's going to be such a wonderful thing for you to do. Because you're right, I think I take it as like she also might just be chained in the basement of Jujitsu High for the rest of her life. You know, we'll see. I guess yeah, you'll see. Yeah. Uh, just I guess two quick little tidbits is that we again get this reinforcement about how Ghetto is kind of. He's very empathetic to people that are weak. Um, he's super empathetic, I feel like, to to Rico in this kind of moment versus Gojo, like kind of calling her a brat. Then obviously we get the gags of kind of them like fucking with her a little bit, which is funny. And then we also get a little bit of info, like Alki mentioned in the first episode about how Shoko, their kind of third, the third member of their triple threat trio, is a doctor and she's into like medical jutsu. So and she a could little... do the reverse. I think this dropped how she has the reverse curse technique which is like you know big it's a big it will be a, become a big thing for jujutsu kaisen it's yeah. also just i think it's interesting still that we haven't really gotten any of signs of ghetto being evil i mean besides you know the cold opening in episode one season two of him giving the monologue of what i take it is like the final moment of him and gojo's showdown like the naruto versus sasuke moment which separates their paths 
again, like you said, he's very empathetic towards Rico here. And I just wonder when, if we come across a demon, that's going to kind of start whispering in his ear a little bit. Like these are kind of the thoughts that you should have. Um, not too sure. Like it was that, I think actually now that I remember the, the guy with the scars from season one, was he around? Did they imply that he was around longer than all of them, or did they imply he was the youngest of the the demons? You know what I'm talking about. I was under the impression, yeah, that he's younger. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if I was remembering it because if he was older, I feel like he could have been the one that was whispering in Ghetto's ear to become evil. But if he's younger, then I don't think that at all. Oh, with the blonde short hair. Yeah, the one uh, I forget his abilities per se, but they uh, they almost fuck him up in season one. Okay, uh, so we're going to kind of detour very quickly, like I mentioned earlier, about um, Fushigoro and the bounty. So essentially, we learn that um, at the end of episode one, Fushigoro gets hired. He takes the job to what ends up being uh, having to kill Rico. We learn that he placed this fat bounty on her head with the mindset of he's going to use all of these kind of cannon fodder to wear Gojo down. And then eventually he'll kind of make his move. So uh, we get obviously a lot more Fushigoro in this episode than we did last episode. He's still quite mysterious. We kind of only see him eating and, and we learn that he's terrible at gambling. That's kind of about it. And that's all we learn about him this episode. Is anybody really good at gambling? I mean, <laughs> oh, when you serve me at the races, table, yeah, baby, <laughs> true. I, lo- I love how it's boat races. That's so funny. That I thought yeah, that was pretty cool. Like that'd be yeah. pretty cool to see in person. I, it was like a mental note I made, and it was funny that they show that as we were kind of discussing sports in Jujutsu Kaisen last episode. Yeah, and true. So I thought that was pretty cool. But Fushigoro just continues to be a beast. I mean, it's it's cool because all I've ever heard is that like you know he's super strong. I never really kind of implied that he had uh, some intelligence to him to him as well. I kind of took him just based on what I heard as like a gung ho kind of person who would maybe just kind of like charge in there, fuck shit up with how strong he is. But seeing him here kind of plot how he's going to wear down Gojo and how he's obviously aware of the name Gojo, uh, the Santoros or whatever their last name is or first name or whatever it is in Japan. Satoru, right? Satoru, yeah. No, well, it's the Gojo clan. Yeah, that's he was like familiar with the Gojo clan, but he also obviously knew of Gojo. But again, yeah, just surprised that he actually has a little bit of uh, mental strength to him as well and a little bit of intelligence just because, again, I just always heard of him as being super strong and usually super strong characters aren't, you know, that thinking and so it was yeah. cool to see that he was actually sitting back letting the plan just go let it unfold as is and he wasn't even worried about it in the slightest even if gojo was like doing some crazy shit he wasn't even worried i think a big i think an important piece of his unknown background we got a clue about his name okay he said he took the name fushigoro they confirmed it's uh megumi's dad but also his previous name is Zenin and we know that Zenin with like Gojo is one of the major clans of the Jujutsu Sorcerer role, uh, world excuse me so um, you know that might give a hint as to how much he knows and why he knows so much he probably grew up in like this secluded village or whatever I mean I'm I'm just I, again these are not spoilers I'm just these are inferences that I think you can make based on this his name yeah, I mean, we learn a lot in season one about Maki and kind of how tough it can be to grow up in that clan. Yeah, she's Zenin, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just a side note, too, I think it's fun how Jujutsu Kaisen, I think they do a really good job of placing the characters in like regular world Japan versus like other manga, the way he's just like at a gambling pen, you know, it's just, it's just funny. And it makes it feel, 
I mean, realistic is not the word, but it's it's a cool fantasy that there are demons and sorcerers and they live among us. You know what I mean? It's it's cool. Yeah, we do get a a little bit of a title slash nickname drop for him. Uh, the guy from the religious group does call him Sorcerer Killer, which is just quite He's the title to have in, in this kind of world. He's got a lot to live up to, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, it, so we'll transition back to... I'm sorry, Dave, would you like to make a comment? Uh, you can keep going. It might fall into this, okay. to what you're about to say. Yeah, so we'll just transition back into Gojo Ghetto and Rico's school day. So basically, we we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the fighting. Rico, for whatever reason, she... I mean, not maybe not for whatever reason, but she wants to go to school. They begrudgingly follow her there. Gojo's obviously the most upset about it predictably all hell breaks loose as now we know that the bounty is on her head so we basically will start off with just ghetto versus this grandpa character um anything we want to talk about with this fight i would say is complete fair game the moment you know like one character is overthinking as much as that guy was you just know he's going to get fucked up and just everything was going to go wrong um but i again i just really like how i think here um the old man kind of hints at ghetto's ability being a little bit different than most i guess quote-unquote summoning abilities um i forget how they break it down like even when they're talking about like gojo's ability i'm like this doesn't make any sense to me but i just know that he just is infinite essentially but regardless getting to ghetto i just like how they're also inferring that ghetto also is like a very unique ability because they also talk about how gojo you know he has limitless and whatever the other one is called six eyes or something six eyes and that not only just having bo- like one of them makes you special, but having both of them makes him like a generational talent. So I like how they hype up Gojo, but at the same time we get small scenes like here with Ghetto that also imply that Ghetto is like a once in a lifetime jujitsu sorcerer. So it kind of plays into that like yin yang ability. Yeah, he's definitely diff- He's definitely gifted. Mm. He's definitely gifted. His his power is uh, it's a very he's very powerful. He's very strong. He's got a unique technique mm-hmm. that rhymed. What what is it exactly like so i so i guess the guy was saying yeah go ahead and try and explain if you can well, it's, it's curse manipulation so they make That's a was. they make a specific was. point to isolate it from what megumi's power is which is shikigami, shikigami where can, right. yeah where yes. he can kind of create almost kind of apparitions whatever you want to call them whereas he's actually controlling real yes yeah okay like he has legitimate curses He's manipulating yes. them. Yeah. yeah. So like we've season one, we see them kind of eliminate curses while Ghetto's kind of whole deal is that he can be pretty much like bring them under his power and like manipulate them and work for him. That's why right. he's the like, grandpa even specifically says like it has a different energy from him because mm-hmm. it's not like from his energy. Again, like, the I way just that love, Megumi. Yeah. I love that they hype him up because I mean, to me, Gojo is like by far and away the strongest. And even visually, when we've seen Gojo fight, I guess this also goes into the fact that we haven't seen Ghetto really go all at, out either yet. Um, yeah. But I just like that they're kind of making Ghetto keep up with Gojo with these small references, even though we haven't really seen him fight because he's going to be a big bad and we need him to be that Gojo level threat. And so I, I just again, I'm just appreciative of them slipping that in there. And he's got hands. 
Yeah, that was amazing. The man's got <laughs> hands, bro. That's for sure. Yeah, the whole time, uh, uh, the grandpa's like, oh, I'll just get him close. I'll just kick his ass. And then it just, when he jumps through the window and it was just the Shibu Inu, I just laughed out loud. I was like, this is just so funny. They had me for a second because, yeah. you know, they had the, the shot of Ghetto kind of with a surprise face. I was like, oh, maybe he did do something. And then it's just him catching these fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that was so good. While yeah, Ghetto, uh, while Gojo is has the his potential is through the roof ghetto obviously has the brains yeah so i think that's an important takeaway of um of this backstory sure yeah uh just very quickly we see that um kuroi i believe is the way to pronounce that's just, this is the maid um she gets into it with who i'll just call baghead hmm. uh fairly identifiable <laughs> name she hits him with a nice little ball shot with the broom which i thought was nice and then ghetto kind of comes in and saves her a little bit at the end um, but now we'll get into Gojo. So we can talk about Gojo and the girls if we want to talk about that at all. And then we can talk about the fight itself. The Gojo and the girls scene was just like legitimately hilarious. This is why I love the teacher. This, this is why the I teacher love cracked me up. Series. Yeah. I love how mad all of the students then get at the teacher. And it was just so funny. Like, I, think I, I, laughed I don't have much, a lot of like, opportunities to meet days. people. And she was like, they were like, neither do we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really good. They're I like, oh, he- you got game, huh? <laughs> I love how they, um, like he doesn't even have to talk. He's just kind of there. Just you can tell he's 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 loving this attention. Yeah. Like he's just like posing and stuff. Like he just he doesn't even need to say a word. Yeah, he he's a know. grade A fuck boy. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah. know that he's a fuck boy. Just the way he takes his glasses off and all the sparkles and stuff. <laughs> like, why <laughs> are just, your eyes blue? <laughs> he knows he's hot as shit. Like, yeah, he just, it's just really funny. Okay, so now we'll get into. I guess we you could definitely call it both the climax and the end of the episode, which is Gojo now joining a fight against all of the bagheads, which I think they mentioned it gets up to five. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a clone. Finally, get, yeah, we get to see young Gojo actually in action because we kind of skipped over it at the beginning when um when he beat up Q or whatever that guy. Not Q, but I Bayer, forget his name. Ba- Bayer, yeah. Bayer. Who was apparently the strongest Q yeah. association. To, it was so obvious that those two yeah. were just going to get <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But all right, almost speaking of getting fucked up, Baghead pretty much too here. Of course. Anyone that just steps in front of Gojo is is cooked. They're done. Although, I mean, they did a good job of kind of showing us how, mm. maybe not inexperienced, but kind of cocky, not necessarily out of his depth, but he's obviously younger because he fails on the on the red river. That was technique. crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. For, just didn't even cross my mind that it was going to even fail because he's just talking about how fucking strong he is and i'm like you're yeah. damn right you're that fucking strong and he pulls it out I'm like oh my god this guy's done and then brings us back to reality yeah. about the fact that he's a second year jujutsu sorcerer yeah, and also, yeah but it also gives um it's crazy how cautious um fushigoro um his first name is escaping me is right now I mean, Zenit, we, just know well, we were fushigoro. talking fushigoro oh, fushigoro, it's crazy how cautious fushigoro is towards him and he's a kid. I mean, that's yeah. just it's when yeah. he says I'm the strongest, like Gojo is the fucking strongest. Like he he does say here though, which is kind of continuing that thread of Fushigora's caution that he says like when he explains his whole technique, this is Gojo and but he says like basically bottom line like it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's going in that Gojo chan- says that. 
Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, Gojo oh. admits it at the end of this episode. He says that, like, you know, engaging in this technique, like, it's insane, but it's totally, obviously, exhausting for me. I probably watched that scene like two, three times over, trying to like just understand what his ability is, and it still just escapes me. I don't. It's kind of like pain, almost. Like you can just like pull things close to him, but at the same time, you can get them close enough where it doesn't touch them, and then that kind of void can sometimes create like black hole events i i, I don't even i don't know it's just, just a list of all the numbers between zero and yeah. one yeah i mean i basically i don't need to know <laughs> why it works i just know that it looks fucking sweet whenever it yeah. comes out <laughs> i think um that exhaustion aspect is what fushigoro's play is oh yeah i mean that yeah i mean of course they were talking about fushigoro's like i'm just going to keep wearing him down i set up this bounty so that people will just basically keep attacking until this point in time where i will just come in and just wipe the floor with this washed gojo which i thought was so cool like that dark web bounty like that is cool mm-hmm. you know it's just like opens it up to anybody who is willing to pursue it and like he put in his whole payment towards this he's so confident that nobody's going to touch gojo and it's going to be him and gojo at the end and we'll see how it plays out i mean it's it's pretty cool this guy is you're in for a treat dave i mean for real i can't wait i already know i'm upset they didn't get into i thought they really were going to give us like a little bit of it at the end but no it's gonna be next yeah they're gonna make us wait i guess i think it might be another a whole nother episode yeah we might get maybe another more like villain of the week type deal obviously we're on our way back to jujitsu high um, we have, I, it's probably maybe like a day and a half. It's difficult to know how much time has actually passed since they've gotten the mission. The mission basically said two days, things need to move somewhat quickly. So they're not going to keep us waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for what we really want. But, uh, again, uh, another episode, just solid, you know, it's nice that we got a little combat. We get Gojo, we get the nice reminder of his power. We get Geto in action a little bit. We learn a little more about Fushigoro, but they're kind of, you know, they're just inching us towards what we know is going to happen. And, uh, I think the weight is going to make it that much sweeter as well. What Plus, I the, think the anime said it's going to be five episodes for Gojo's backstory. Uh, if okay, I'm not mistaken, I could back that up real quick. That was something I had asked Alki prior to the recording, just because because now actually having watched the intro, seeing I noticed that obviously the intro was solely based on like Gojo's backstory. Essentially, you know, they're all young. Like you don't see any of our like main characters, like Megumi, anybody like that. Um, yeah. So I was curious and I asked him, like, is this going to be all season? Not that that would be a bad thing. I'm all in for Gojo backstory, but I was just curious. And he said it would probably be about five. Chapters. Yeah, the fandom website, like the wiki, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just looked it up. Gojo's pack backstory episodes anime, and it says it's going to be 25 to 29. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's so I speculate there's going to be 24 episodes in this season. There better be. They they put out like a whole schedule of of when like things are going to happen like generally so yeah i'm pretty sure it's i don't know off the top of my head but it's about 24 i mean it's going to go into the fall for sure what was this girl's name versus the the character's name from the movie is so like this girl's name is rico this is rico rico and then who rica was from yes the movie. <laughs> yeah that's so annoying. I, was, they said <laughs> I mean, Rico, it's it's annoying like, for like a small amount of time. I mean, I guess, I guess yeah. in this, it, it's probably more annoying in the sense of like the way that these things came out. But like technically, the movie is chapter zero, so you would yeah, have read yeah. you know seventy chapters in between and not really. Like, I, I should have about seen Rico the so movie much. and then season one, like because now it's yeah, it's like fresh in my head that it's. Like, Do you Rico, know, Rico. Kyle? Um, in reference to the manga release timeline, when chapter zero came out. Top of my head, I do not know. That would be interesting to see how much of the story elapsed before that was dropped. 
I would agree. Yeah. That's I mean, something we'll come back up. to for next episode, viewers. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little homework in between because, I mean, that's pretty much all that happened this episode. Um, I don't have anything else to say beyond I'm just really happy that the show's back. Can't wait to be here next week talking about episode three, whatever it is they give to us. I guess yeah. Rico and the maid are just like, for lack of a better word, like force sensitive. Like they can yeah. see curses and they know about the jujitsu world, but they are not sorcerers. Seems to be the case. My last thoughts will be that like Rico obviously is kind of annoying, but <laughs> she is about to get, I feel obviously she's about to get thrown into a, a completely different realm than what she's used to. Um, so I think that will obviously help her mature a little bit. And in the next I'm, day, yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> I'm also dies. just, and then uh, like we had talked about earlier, just I'm curious to see how she will react further into getting, for, looking forward to seeing how she will react with more knowledge of what her role actually is going to entail. Um, so she, as of right now, is annoying, but I, she definitely has a lot of interest in my eyes. And then obviously Fushigoro is where all of my attention's on right yeah, now. So naturally, can't wait for episode three, baby. All right, yeah. So that's going to do it for episode two. Uh, in and out much quicker than we did episode one. Like I said, we're obviously going to be here every week. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is just subscribing on whatever you're listening and or watching on. Just to reiterate again, Bingetown TV does a ton of stuff that's you know outside of the purview of even anime. I mean, our main focus, honestly, is like sci-fi fantasy television. So if you're into that as well, I would definitely check out the Bingetown TV main feed if you're listening. Um, Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you know that our channel itself is just a click away. You can see all the stuff that we've done on there. And then social media, we're at Bingetown TV on Twitter and Instagram. We do have a Discord that we've been uh, kind of plugging in all of these episodes. We're getting better and better and better at being kind of like engaged in it and discussing all the different shows. So if you join the Discord, you'll see that, I mean, there's like at least maybe like 15 channels at this point with different shows that we're covering. The link to that will be, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description of this video if you're watching or i'm sorry if you're listening to this i'm sure it's either going to be in the description of the episode as well on the podcast app you're listening on and also it should be in our twitter bio so at bitchdown tv on twitter if you want to get quick access to the discord and as always thank you for listening and we love you you're listening to the geekscape network 